Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. When Jesus Christ returns in glory, with him will be the armies of heaven set to destroy all who oppose him, and he shall reign with a rod of iron, treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. No negotiations, no peace talks, just total destruction and the onset of his kingdom on earth. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this, the seventh of ten messages, our focus is on that time when the king returns to conquer. You'll notice it says that he has a robe dipped in blood. That robe is not a robe symbolizing his death, but it is a robe dipped in blood of judgment, as the book of Isaiah makes very clear. Garments dipped in blood, symbolic of the fact that judgment is coming to planet Earth. And it is a very, very severe judgment. But now I want you to notice, I told you that you would be involved in this if you're a believer. Notice what the text says. And uh, the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. Who are these armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen? Fortunately, we don't have to guess. Earlier in the chapter, you'll notice that it talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb, and it spoke about those who were arrayed in fine linen. And it's talking about believers. It's speaking about those who are arrayed in white because their sin has been covered by Jesus Christ's death. And because of that, they too are able to come with Jesus and come with Jesus. And, and the church, which has been raptured in heaven, now returns with Jesus. And look at the text. I'm not making it up. We get the same means of transportation as Jesus himself. We too come with white horses, however symbolic that may mean. And we get to come and to return with Jesus. We participate in his victory. We follow him to victory as he descends to the Mount of Olives and begins to slay those who have been his enemies. We are there too. And we get to participate. Now, there's no evidence that we do any fighting. And the reason that I think that we don't have any weapons and the reason that we don't have to do any fighting is because Jesus actually does it all. Jesus slays the wicked. And how does he do it? Does he take a sword and kill them one by one? No. The Bible says the sword that comes out of his mouth is the word of God. He does it by his command. As the text says in the last verse, it talks about Jesus, the word of God. He speaks it and it happens. Think of the power of Jesus. Think of the fact that when he was here on earth, and you have a storm that was taking place on Galilee, and Jesus speaks to the storm and says, be still. Whew, calmness. 
the wind stops blowing. Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he's coming out staggering, but he's alive and he's there, even though he was laid in the grave four days earlier. It is by the command of Jesus that he fights. I told you last time that in 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul helps us to understand how Jesus fights and how he destroys the wicked. And it says this, he destroys them by the breath of his mouth. (sighs) They're gone. All the enemies that have been arrayed against him find themselves helpless in the presence of Jesus. And he comes and the Bible says that on his robe and on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Don't ever put Jesus on the same shelf as Muhammad or Krishna or Buddha or any of the other prophets. Don't ever put him on the same shelf. This one is King of kings and Lord of lords over all the prophets of the world and over all the religions of the world. In the New Testament, when we think about Christmas, we discover that Jesus came to redeem. Now Jesus comes to judge. One other thing I want to point out before I summarize this for us. You'll notice it says in verse 17, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice... This gets gruesome now, I warn you. He called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, come gather for the great supper of God to eat the flesh of kings and all those others. Wow. A couple of things. First of all, the angel invites the birds of the heavens to come because the vultures, you remember the words of Jesus where the carcass is, the vultures are, the vultures are going to have lots to eat. And notice that the angel proclaims this before Jesus has slain anyone by the word of his mouth. The angel knows that this is a done deal. It's not true that the battle has taken place yet. The battle isn't over, but hey, the battle is over. Jesus has come. The battle is over. And so what happens is here in this text, the angel announces it ahead of time. That Jesus has come. And then the beast and the false prophet, we mentioned this last time, they're cast into the lake of fire. There is a message in this series going to take place on the great white throne judgment. And we will talk about hell at that time. But the reason that they are instantly cast into the lake of fire, getting ahead of everybody else is because of their influence. Remember this, the sufferings of hell are not the same for everyone, by no means. Those who knew better and then misled others, their suffering is going to be greater. The impact of that and the import is unbelievable. But we'll get into that when we talk about the great white throne judgment. What I'd like to do is to just summarize a few ideas in your mind. 
The first is this, that in terms of lessons, I want to say a word about Jesus, this Jesus that we're talking about. You know the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, who is loved by everybody? Oh, isn't that ever sweet? Here's a little baby, and he touches our heart at Christmas, and all of us rejoice in that, and I preach on that all the time, and we love the Christmas story. Remember that there's more to Jesus than just the loving Jesus who perhaps is the one who is misinterpreted today as a Jesus with endless compassion. He does have endless compassion, but he's also a Jesus of judgment. Perhaps I could put it to you this clearly. And as clearly as I would like to put it is this. It is not possible for us to overestimate Jesus Christ's hatred of sin. That's why you have such a tsunami here of judgment taking place. But having said that, I want to also say that it's not possible for us to over-exaggerate Jesus Christ's love for all those who believe on him. In fact, his love for them is like the love that he has for his father and his father has for him. It is absolutely overwhelming, the love that Jesus has, as we see in John chapter 17. So when you talk about Jesus, you can talk about the compassionate Jesus, and well, you might. But remember, it says in 2 Thessalonians that when he returns, and it's speaking of this event, he will return in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. That's Jesus too, the same Jesus. And we need to keep that in mind. Second, I want to say a word about salvation. A word about salvation. This is very crass in a sense, and I've debated as to whether or not I should say it, but I am going to say it. In in this passage in the 19th chapter of Revelation, there are two suppers. There's the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then, as the angels said, there is the great supper of God. Two suppers, but two different destinations, two different kinds of people. There are those, you see, who are clothed in white, They attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then there's another supper here. And I guess to put it a little more clearly than I should, you either participate in the supper of the Lamb or for the birds at least, you become supper. That's what the text is saying. And you know what makes all the difference is the white robes. You see, we have the robe of righteousness credited to us. And we stand clothed in that righteousness. My friend, have you ever even thought of the amount of sin that is covered by the white robe? I'm thinking about you, by the way. And I'm thinking about myself. Think of the difference it makes when you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus and you go into heaven as if you are Jesus because it has nothing to do with you, really. It is the free gift that Jesus gives to those who believe on him. Isn't that amazing? So, my friend, if you've never believed on Jesus, please, after this message... Don't think that you will have an excuse when you stand before God. You won't. I'm I'm inviting you to to get a robe, (laughs) a white robe. Jesus will give it to you if you come to him. 
So please don't say in the day of judgment, I'm going to say I didn't hear and I didn't understand. I'm helping you to hear and I'm helping you to understand. There's a final word and that is the obviously two different destinies here. And we'll talk about that in another message. Here you have the saints who are with Jesus forever and then you have those who are in the lake of fire forever and the division is eternal and endless all because some trust Jesus and receive the free robe and others say, I think I'll stand on my own like one man told me on a plane. I'm going to do okay. I'm going to stand on my record. This is Pastor Lutzer. I'm sure you recognize that my heart and my desire is always to exalt Christ and the gospel that he gives us. If you've never received him, this is the moment to do just that. I'm holding in my hands a resource that we think is going to be a tremendous blessing to you. It's entitled, The King is Coming. And I like to emphasize that prophecy was given to us so that we might live differently. For a gift of any amount, this resource can be yours. That was Erwin Lutzer wrapping up The King Returns to Conquer, the seventh in a ten-part series on The King is Coming. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Next time, we begin a message on the millennium, a thousand years of peace under the rule of Jesus. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to offerrtw.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.